Trump, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thank you all for being here. You know, we often talk about the divine feminine and the importance of the mother archetype and keeping the womb sacred, but what about the father archetype, the divine masculine? What is his role? We're going to hear on the other side of that with my guest and one of the original Pan Society founders, Rick West. But first, let's acknowledge our ancestors and the elements. Let's acknowledge the element of earth and thank you for the firm foundation beneath our feet and the food that sustains us. Thank you for all the sensuous goodness that makes life enjoyable. Acknowledge and give gratitude to air and ask that you bring inspiration and clear communication to our podcast today. Thank you for bringing us the whispers of the spirit world and the inner knowing to guide us. Acknowledge the element of fire and give gratitude for the will to power through things in a responsible way so that we never overpower nature. Acknowledge and give gratitude for water. Water is life. It helps us to flow with whatever comes, be flexible, and bounce back. Thank you, water. Acknowledge our plants, animal, mineral, and human ancestors, and thank you for the blessings we receive that are seen and unseen. And thank all of you, our listeners, for tuning in today, sharing our content on social media, and sending us your questions. If you want to make it a two-way conversation, please join us in our private Facebook group so that we can hear your thoughts and ideas about animism. Thanks to everyone who's donated, and if you'd like to donate too, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash pantasociety. We're completely supporter-funded, so every dollar helps. Okay, let's turn it to Rick. Welcome, Rick. Well, thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Good morning. Oh, good morning. What's shaking? Not a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful day. I'm out in the country. It's, um, it's a little overcast, but, uh, uh, you know, the morning's getting started. The cattle are grazing, and all is well. So it's a good day. Yeah, cool. So when I say um, divine masculine um, and father archetype, are those the same things to you? I guess we need to to kind of clarify that so that everybody, so me and you, the listeners, are all on the same page. Well, when I think of the divine masculine, I see it as one of the two polarities that drives the universe, really. And I know it's a big statement, but that's actually quite true. The The masculine force... Well, let, let's back up to cosmology. I, let's just take a sort of a 30,000-foot view of uh, cosmologies around the world. And virtually every one of them, whether it be religious, scientific, pre-shaman, what have you, it comes down to two things. It comes down to a, a you might call it the cosmic egg, the, the, the oneness that drives all. But within that oneness... Um, as many of them say, something happened. There, there's, there's, so there's a movement that began within the, uh, the the cosmos that allowed it to understand itself, that, that, started, that allowed it to begin to see itself in certain ways. And it's driven by, in virtually every regimen, it's driven by what you might call the duality principle. There are two forces that move between each other that bring things into being, to bring life itself, that, that, that are the creative forces. Not only life brings all, all that you see, basically. And these two forces we can call masculine and feminine, which many cultures do. But you can it's push-pull, dark light, soft and hard. My, my personal favorite is yin-yang, because it, it seems to me to encapsulate this whole process. And here's what I'm talking about. Uh, 
the divine feminine, if you will, is cyclic. It's inward directed. It's amorphous. It's it's, it's the pull. It's the the pulling nature of the universe. You, you might even think of it as in in terms of um, like electricity, kind of in, in a very very simple way. You have one force that's that creates a void, and another force that moves into it. The force that moves into the void is the masculine. Masculine energy, energy divine masculine energy. What's so hard to say? Divine masculine energy is direct. It projects. It has many other processes, but but in this most the simple version, this most beginning version, it's the push part of the process. It's it's the part that brings the light into the void. It's the yang into the yin. And this process, while there's certainly a material, there's certainly a physical component to it. It certainly drives gender driven bodies but it's not a it's not a gender thing at all it's it's actually two forces that you, I think you can think of this duality principle as, as occurring both in the huge in the cosmos in, in the big world but as above so below it filters down into every act you know from the atomic to human beings Within human beings, the divine masculine shows up in a lot of ways, which I think we're going to talk about as we go along. But but what do I mean by the divine masculine is this idea of the the, the light moving into the space time, the 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 projecting force that begins to define what happens within the the receiving force. Okay, so. How is the father archetype different? Is it different? Different from the male and in terms of male and female. Different from the divine masculine. Well, the the masculine acts out of a, a knowing, and I'm talking now about sort of a, a physical presence in terms of of human beings. I think you can say that the masculine, and and first I think I want to say first off that you'll find. This is not gender-driven at all. You'll find in every human being the masculine force and the feminine force. And the the human being that, that's most fully processed for operating in this world is the one that that has some form of balance over their masculine and feminine tendencies. And certainly in relationships, relationships work better when there's a balance between the two people of masculine and feminine. The masculine side of this sort of acts out of a knowing that everything is good, all is well, and that um, it will hold and support, and it knows it's driven by something bigger than itself. It trusts itself to know exactly what to do and when to do it, um, as opposed to the, the, the feminine aspect of yourself is the more artistic, creative side, the side that, that sort of pulls things into it, um, that that it, it's hard to imagine art coming out of a, a truly masculine perspective. Art is a very feminine, feministic thing, but it's the male energy, it's the masculine energy, the divine energy of the masculine that takes that 
artistic expression and turns it into something on a canvas or on a recording or on a page or what have you. It, it takes both things. You, you, you have to, the, the, the feminine pulls things to it. The masculine defines it. And again, it's not about male and female. Well, it is about male and female to an extent, but that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about the two forces that work inside you that, that create you, that create the stuff. And the masculine is the, the rational directed force that operates upon the pull of the, the feminine. Does, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind sharing, what has been, how has this energy showed up through your path of life? It's a work in process. It's it's very difficult to to it's very difficult to live the divine feminine too. I'm I'm certain, but to live a masculine life in the light of the last two thousand years or so has been a bit of a trick. Honestly, um, we we learn things about ourselves that aren't really who we are. We, we we get a lot of cultural noise that uh, says that we should be a certain way, that we need to act in a certain way, do certain things, and to essentially turn off the uh, the feminine side of ourselves, which um, you know it, it's it's been difficult to do that. It's been difficult to to live a proper life uh, within that framework. The last two thousand years of of probably more than that. But certainly, the, um, the anybody who does um, cycle theory or cycle testing, what have you, whether it be um, astrological, for instance, where they, they do the, the the procession of the uh, equinox, or even more, you know, mathematical type things. The the last cycle, by pretty much all accounts, is, was very male. It was very much oriented toward warfare. Um, a lot of the the sort of the, what you might call the shadow, uh, wounded sides of the male were very useful to people, very useful to to the kings and queens of the time. And males are have been driven into a um, a, a place where. They're kind of wounded, kind of crippled, and we haven't really gotten over that yet. And in fact, I I I think most women probably think that finding a uh, truly divine masculine personality is like finding a pink unicorn, and they may not be wrong. I mean, it, it's it's hard to do. So as as the as a new age is upon us, and we're trying to make that shadow disappear and trying to find ways in which to to open to the to the feminine but in doing so you have to make sure that you honor the very masculine traits that are extremely useful both in your personal life and and within society and these are things when you find yourself acting in ways that that focus on courage adventure um, protection, logic, these are the, quote, male, the, the, the driving forces that are actually incredibly useful to every human being and to every relationship. 
but they've been sort of cast in 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 a in a dark and ugly sense because for two thousand years we've we've kind of worked out of that shadow and pulled the worst parts of that into reality and forced the 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 better angels of that into a uh, into a more you might call a dream state, but certainly not uh, useful within the, the larger society. So, so what we want to do over the next, with the, with the concept like the divine masculine, we want to begin to pull our our male selves back toward a more balanced place, and balanced in terms of male and female, so that we can also enjoy the arts, the uh, so we we can be creative in, in in various ways as well, and I think I think it's very fair to say that that among particularly Western males, creativity has been stifled in a big way. You kind of have to be an outlier. You have to be a renegade if you want to be an artist, and it's that that seems weird. <laughs> so I see some guys um, kind of, I think there is an awareness, at least in, in certain populations, of toxic masculinity. Um, and I see some people, some men in particular, combat that by being ultra feminine, ultra soft, you know, affecting the soft tones and, and those kinds of things. Um, does that work? That is absolutely true. It, it, it's there there definitely was a uh, what you might call a blowback there 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 has been a, a move toward a uh, the uh, you know the terms are kind of beta boy soy boy kind of thing and that that is that is real and and I see that a lot myself and there there's there's been a uh, sort of a go along to get along kind of uh, attitude that has overtaken a good many males that's not healthy either obviously that that's not where where you want to be you want to, as a as a male, as a divine male, you want to live through your power. It, it, it's that's what it's about. You you want to examine the wounds that surround whatever's happened to you in the past, um, in terms of your association with males over time. I, I, I've I've laughed for decades that America's biggest problem is a daddy issue, and and I think it shows up it shows up as this business of. Uh, the, the quote beta boys that uh, that are, will bend over backward to uh, <clears throat> to get along basically, and that that's not healthy, and that that's kind of led to uh, you might say a dead end also. But both sides of that equation, both of the the uh, the hard nosed you know Iraqi warrior kind of thing, is is too far in that direction, and certainly. Um, being a milky toast is, is, is pretty much useless to society and to yourself. I guess those are hard words, but but it kind of is true. You the the model is to find the the balance of warrior, sage, and lover basically, and to balance that with the with the divine feminine energy that's within that's within you, and to learn how to. Be a creative force, a creative driving force in this world. And that's not to say that doesn't happen. It certainly does, and, and there, there are there are a good many of us. But it's it's not the norm, and it's not that easy, honestly. As, mm -hmm. uh, 
as, as some songwriter said once, it ain't as easy as it looks. So it, it's, but but it's um, it, it's I think it's where we're headed. I, I think there is a lot of uh, energy out there in the big world that um, is kind of moving in that direction. I I, I think we all kind of know that that men were were way too rigorous, way way too rigid earlier, and then kind of flip flopped into this sort of soft thing that that rolls over for for anyone who uh, pets it. And I think we know that neither of those things are valid options, and a growing number of men are understanding this. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to, uh, so kind of to look at that from a, another angle. But I have, I'm getting a lot of male clients now who don't want to identify as males, and you know we're talking about this non-binary, and, and those are options now. Um, sure. Because I, I, my sense of that is that they just don't want to be male because the only thing that they identify with that, and you see that it's in culture and social media, is toxic masculinity or the right. ideas that males are expendable. So, for example, um, we see a lot of women opting to have children outside of marriage and then rearing their children alone or father's in prison or he's out of the picture for some other reason. So it's like there's no role for the male. Like, what do we need him for? Um, so if you don't, I mean, so I kind of get the guys like, man, I don't want to be a male. It's like that's the worst thing I could possibly be. So if you don't have a picture of that and you don't see it in the media, you don't see it anywhere in your life, how do you learn? How do you, where, where's your role model? How do you know, okay, this is a healthy male, this is what I'm aiming for? I guess I would fall back to Jung in this, in, in, in terms of uh, the, the, the philosopher C.J., the psychiatrist C.G. Jung, who talks about archetypes. And there are certain archetypes that, that sort of fit the male model. Uh, first, I, to, to respond to what you're saying, it's absolutely true. I, I have met a good many people who really renounce maledom, and I, I, I get that. I understand why. It, it is toxic in the in the culture, <clears throat> and it really shouldn't be. But but to to the point as of um, how to identify as a, as a uh, properly, I guess it would be the word as a male. You might look to the archetypes that uh, that are sort of male driven. We would be talking about the father. This is a huge issue in in American society. Dad is missing, and there are a number of reasons for it. I personally, I I think um, there's been a movement within Hollywood, within sort of the the mass media, to reduce the role of, of the male because of this sort of shame that's built around it, and. It has driven a lot of people to to believe that that maledom just as in, in any form is toxic, but that's not going to move us forward. That, that that's denying one of the sides, one one of the principles of duality. We we can't all be amorphous and pulling. There has there has to be a push that goes with it, and there has to be something that defines the the, the reality. And you, it doesn't have to be physically gender specifically male it just has to honor that male principle that that yang principle 
which is ex- extremely useful, and in fact, it's necessary, to find that yang principle. You look toward sages, you look toward, you, you can kind of think of, uh, in addition to the father, you can think of a priest, you can think of a sage, you can think of the, the people who are, are accepting knowledge from from the from the yin from from the the the, the, the amorphous female principle and are feeding that with fire to direct it towards something that turns into a, a bigger thing than itself it's wickedly difficult it, I, I, and i'm speaking just off the cuff for, as a male it is very difficult to find a lot of great male um, role models. Most most art, for instance, treats males as uh, gangsters, warriors, and by warriors I mean soldiers. I mean you know kill, killing machines. That's that still is the dominant male model, and it it's understandable why somebody would walk away from that. I hopefully we can turn that around and make sure that we that we do understand that some. Uh, that that the, the core principles of maildom are very useful. But do you think a man's relationship with his mother or women in general, the divine feminine, um, impacts his relationship with masculinity? Oh sure, sure. I, I, guys who have um, guys who had good relations with their mothers tend to be a lot more secure, a lot more settled. But even more so, I think it's the relationship to the father. Guys who, guys who've had struggles with their fathers, who 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 had problems living up to, or dad wasn't there, or what have you. I, those are the guys that don't really have a, a a boundary. They 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 don't know what to do out here because they never had the role model. I think um, certainly certainly the nurturing mother plays a great role and sort of makes one tend toward um looking for the for the feminine in in the world but i think the the, the big hole in the in the american in the western male is the 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 re, um how would i say the remediation of of the father the, the sort of the, the the dulling of the uh the role of the father as well, I, I mean, you know, we can go through all the sociological stuff, but but you know, as as, as two owner households came into play, and uh, all kinds of things that, that drove the the male um, aspect deeper into into the psyche and sort of not and and less and less useful in the larger world. So if you didn't have a dad that kind of taught you how to be a man. It's very difficult to pick that up on the fly, and, and yeah. those are the guys. Those are the wounded guys. Those are, that's, in my opinion, those are the guys that are wounded. They're, they're the ones that join the, the military. They're the, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I was in the military too a long time ago. But but they're they're the ones that when they get to the military can be uh, convinced to go go, you know, do do the hard deeds, the hard stuff. Um, they're the ones. In fact, they they are often the ones that that turn into the, uh, the the softer version of themselves because they don't know what the hard version of themselves should look like. So, I, 
while I, while I think it's important that we have the uh, the, the the connection to to mom and to the the, the divine feminine, in terms of becoming a, a, a strong and useful male, I think you have to have. I, I think the, the the connection with dad and with um, strong men in in your early childhood plays a huge role in that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it shows up in, in sex, too, because, you know, I mean, you don't have to look very hard to see the toxicity in that. We t- we see rape, the, was it Epstein, or what is his name? The the Hollywood guy. Um, yeah. Weinstein, Weinstein, Epstein. Weinstein, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, you see that um, sex slavery, date rape drugs, or just just like workplace dominance, like the expectation of sex, that kind of thing. Um, so how does a guy, I mean, this is a problem for women too, but how does a guy become a sexual, a healthy sexual being without any well, role oddly, Yeah, great, understood question. Oddly enough, um, I've come across a lot of things lately that suggest that, that women would love to see men be a little more assertive in the bedroom that that women don't like that sort of um i i hate to call, call it beta because it's sort of a loaded term but they, they they really want men to be more dominant and aggressive in in a pleasant not not in a, an unhealthy way but they would love to see men take more of a role and, and be more assertively male in the bedroom and i've heard this a lot um Back to to the point you were making earlier, that toxic masculinity certainly shows up in, in, in sexuality. There's a question about it. And you've got a lot of predators out there. That, that's a that's an age-old problem, actually. That, that's, um, male-driven pedophilia, for instance, is a literally 2,000, 3,000-year-old problem been going on for a long time and it certainly is driven by the darker well in, in my estimation is driven by the, the the darker forces of masculinity power control fear um, which I, frankly i'm happy to see come into the light because i i think that may help us um, move away from it a little bit but i i, I to me the the point again is sort of like uh what we we're talking about a minute ago the We've almost gone too far. We're not willing to take to accept our maleness in a in a relationship at all, whether it be sexual or just personal or what have you. We don't take it, uh, we don't account for ourselves. We don't take up for ourselves. We don't uh, we, we we blame. We we do stupid things because we're uh, out of fear. And I've heard more than a few women say. I would like it if you would just take over and be the man. And while I know that might not be the, uh, well, I think actually I think that might be a, a dominant idea these days. So, so this is this is the uh, the quandary that men find themselves in. How do you how do you bring yourself out of the the toxic shadow that you grew up with? And into a world where you need these male perspectives because they're very useful, but they have to be tempered in in a way that makes them that, that makes them useful. Uh, 
the the male ego run wild is very very dangerous. I'm sure some priests of the choir about that, but the male ego uh, properly tempered is a dramatic force for for good. About the archetypes and the lover, um, I think if you have so that masculine is an energy, lovers an energy which has no gender. And then if you bring those together, well, what would that look like? What a relationship based on divinity is, is really everybody gets to flow. The the more firm a man is in his, in his own energy, the more the feminine, I, I, let, let's, again, let me back away from man and woman, because, well, I think the Navajos said there are seven sexes, but, but there are many, many flavors of, of sexuality. And, and I don't, this is this doesn't really reflect in that in terms of uh, the, the penis and the vagina so much. It's about the the, the flows of energy. The the more that the masculine person is firm in his own energy, his or her own energy, the more the feminine can relax. And when the feminine relaxes, she begins to flow, and and, and the the male energy provides stability. And then the female energy provides the creativity, basically. And within that, the, the the leadership role, if you will, is not really a. It's not hierarchical. It's it's not. It's not you know I'm I'm dominant and everything must fall into my my way. It basically leads from a place of flow, of creativity, intuition. Um, it, it takes those aspects of of the feminine in, and then leads from a place of stability, structure, and action. Men who suppress their own feminine are fairly easily spotted because they're usually chasing things that aren't them, money, fame, cars, what have you. Um, it's, it's very difficult, and I've seen it in my own life, it's very difficult for that relationship to do much um, those are relationships that tend to fall apart. If you build your relationship around um, material things, it doesn't work very well. And the the toxic masculine, the shadow masculine, values material things over spirit. The relationship, the, the divine relationship, works out of spirit, and. I can tell you again from my personal life, it's very difficult to put that together. It's it's finding finding a a, a woman who can or, or, or a partner, let's say, who brings proper feminine energy is also kind of like finding a pink unicorn. That, that doesn't happen all that often either. It, it's um, we, as humans, I don't think we're quite at the level of being divine just yet. We're working toward it, and we're getting better and better and better. But um, and I truly believe that. But we're not. We don't always act out of the divine. So so in in another really serious way, the the male energy that needs to be in within yourself and within a relationship and within the society out here is that energy that um, forgives that that hears that pulls things together that. Um, that doesn't allow the 
uh, another loaded term, irrationality, but, but you, you, you're going to have fr from the pull side of this equation, whether it's within yourself or bigger, it, it creates confusion, irrationality. It creates this need to do something. And it's the male energy that says, well, that directs that. It says, here's what we need to do. Here, here's what we do. And that, when, when, Back to the original question, when, when two people are operating from a divine perspective, that's the driving force, is both are coming from basically a balanced place in terms of masculine feminine, and both understand that one person or the other kind of makes the call and we go with it. But it's, it's a... Um, It's a heart-centered activity. It, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. It, it's we all love each other, but we don't always operate in ways that say we love each other. And as we become more divine, we find ways to operate as if we love each other. And it's uh, it's a beautiful thing when it happens. I think you. Yeah, I. I... When I don't know what, what's going on or if I'm in a place of confusion, I, I look to the archetypes too because they are pure and, and they're great leaders. And one of the ones that you um, mentioned was the sage. How do you see that as acting as a how, – how can the sage help us to get there? The sage is the guy that uh, – and, and I really do see it as a guy. He, he's, he's, he's the one that's sort of – outside of the, the, the flow of things that catches the data. The, the sage is very important when, um, when confusion reigns. He's the guy, I, I kind of think of Gandalf as the, the, out of the, <laughs> the, the Hobbit, the, that series, as the, uh, the Lord of the Rings series, as the, the ultimate sage. But he's the guy that... Um, it keeps everything together when when things are crumbling around us, and I, I believe we could use one of those right this minute. I don't know that there's a true sage in our society at the moment, but our but the the energy of the sage is that of the data collector, the 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 person who seeks to understand from a, from another perspective what's going on, and who has the experience and the wisdom and the energy to bring real change from what he what he understands the shaman's kind of a sage in a way but um that's the energy that i to me that that's that's the core male energy really is it's not it's it's important that we be warriors and that for good and and that sort of thing but it's most important that we back out of day-to-day -day existence sometimes and seek to understand what's going on around us in ways and sort of think out of the box I think they call that um, but but to find creative solutions for huge problems or small problems for that matter but but to, to find to use creativity to find solutions and I think as we talked about earlier you can't really get to creativity from a from a from this logical directed energy it has to intermingle with the feminine principle to become creative. So the sage is probably the most balanced of all of them. It's, it's a great archetype, and it's it's probably the most balanced archetype that I can think of in terms of uh, 
bringing female energy into into the male perspective. And we certainly could use a sage at the moment because we're, we're not thinking out of the box in terms of society right this minute. We're, we're very we're very dual at the moment, and we need somebody who has a third perspective that uh, can can start to bring some peace and joy back into our lives. And mm-hmm. hopefully there is one. Hopefully there's one out there. And another archetype you mentioned was the priest. Can you kind of shine some light on that? Well, the, the priest is more about the the inner development. It, the, the sage is sort of if, if he's the outward um, manifestation of of this creativity. The priest is I, I I guess I would call the priest the connection between the worlds. The the priest is uh, and it's not necessarily at least totally a male archetype, but it. it the, it, it, it is a piece of the male archetype for sure. The the priest is the connector between the spirit world, between the the soul world, between the the dimensions that we don't easily access and our day to day lives. And the priest sort of precedes precedes the sage in a way. You kind of have to be a priest first, and you have to to get that information and bring it back before you can do anything with it. Now, that's not to say that the feminine energy can't do that as well, but it, what I think the sage, what, what what the male energy brings to that is the when you find that, that you're directed about it, when you start to see the direct flow between your own life and the uh, the spirit world, that that's a male force. That's that's a that's a yang force, and an honorable one, and one that should be actually lauded in this in, the, in this in the world we're in at the moment. So we we I, you're you're animist. I, I know we're all animists, and I know we're operating as spirits in a material world in a very serious way, and. It's easy to get lost in the materiality of, of of our existence. In fact, that's 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 a huge piece of that's a huge toxic aspect of of maledom is this focus, this obsession with uh, with materiality and with with gaining and being more and better and you know what have you. The the power that comes, whether it's male, female, whatever, the power that we have comes from our ability to connect to the spirit, to, to that other thing that's out there, which is what the priest, which the archetype of the priest is all about, is how to go out through through whatever methods you use, art, tarot, whatever, and bring a reading of that energy back into to, to your real world. And into the real world, and into your day-to-day, your 3D reality. So, the priest is the one that helps us not get lost in 3D reality, and, and keeps us focused on the on the fact that we're a spirit that comes over and over and over again. And the more of that we know about ourselves, the easier it is to be grounded. The easier it is to be to be in a place where you can deliver the kind of male energy that's useful. So that's that's what I love about the priest. I, I 
I have been through the priest process myself at times in my own life, and uh, it's it's very it's very rewarding. It's um, it's another one of those things that that requires a certain uh, asceticism. You, I mean, you basically have to put some things aside that other males find um, that, that they grade you by, but you have to one has to learn that, that that's not really the, the final score that you have to um you have to be that priest if you want to move forward and certainly if you want to move toward a more balanced um divine perspective it requires that, that you become the priest and then the sage and I, it would be great if you could do those things before you become the king before you become the father but fatherhood kind of hit us all you know, when when we were too young, when we're still kids ourselves, and I, I know women have that same issue, but that's another huge issue within maledom is we all became fathers when we were still kids, <laughs> and we it's very difficult to uh, to raise good young men when you're still trying to figure out how to be that yourself. And I, I know I, I sort of flippantly said earlier that, that the American issue is the daddy issue. I think it's that. It, it, it's not that daddy was gone all the time, although there's certainly plenty of that in society. But even in those places where daddy was at home, daddy was doing other things. Daddy was uh, a kid himself. He didn't know how to be a man. And there, there was a break for when, I don't go too far into this, but but when the society turned from basically agricultural rural into an urban stacked society. We lost a great deal of, of the, the, the good male. The, the, the good male wasn't all that useful anymore, particularly as uh, science began to break down things like, uh, you know, how, how to procreate and what have you. I mean, suddenly the male's almost non-existent in that whole process. And, the the guys in a lot of ways disappeared from their from their parenting role and in some other ways were pushed out of it but in fairness to the kids you know when, when i'm 25 years old and have a kid i don't know what to do i mean i, I am i a great role model not really i mean I, I you know we do our best we've all done our best all those who went through it did their best but how much can you really do? So, so we're all kind of learning on the fly, and God help us. I mean, we, we, men, men generally love women. Just uh, sometimes love them to death. I know you know that story, but um, men don't know how to express that love. And, and, and over and over and over again, we see that men are um, kind of lost without women. And don't know what to um, don't know how to live their lives without it. And if you don't, if you're in that spot, you can't really be a teacher. You can't really be a um, a, a role model or a force. So we're we're all trying. I, I love this concept of the divine of the divinity of the masculine and the feminine because I, this relates in so many ways to other spiritual pursuits. And is really critical in terms of, of how we how we move forward from where we are. 
I don't think it's it's uh, out of the way to say that we're the society, the civilization even is sort of at a at a breaking point. Something something's going to give pretty soon, and it should be. We, we hope it's toward divinity and not toward evil, and the the light bringing force of the male of the, of the masculine energy is going to be a critical element in that because i we we all kind of know what we want well, i think at least so many of us know that we want a, a saner fairer just more just society but to get to there from here requires a lot of logical directed activity that's got to come from somewhere and at the moment i mean i i'm not sure that's that energy is in the in our sights right this minute so the the work of the divine masculine at this moment is to create the directed the the the, the proton beam that takes us to the next level that that's from my own masculine perspective that's what i see uh, as as a requirement of me and and of my sons and of my uh the, the males that I know, it, it's on us to to begin to um, take this new idea of of um, the, the feminine principle, if you will, and direct that back out into the bigger world. Start start to override some of these uh, you know, what what I think another songwriter called the war freaks. We, we, we've got to get past the war freaks, and, and we've got to bring our own energy into this and that energy has to be the amorphous irrational desirous want driven by rational logical analysis and push that's what will bring a new world about that's what brings relationships about that's what brings yourself about and that that's another huge point in this before you can really start talking about the, any kind of larger divine principle of masculine or feminine you have to get yourself straight you you have to be in some form of this you have to understand the balance it, it's fine to be totally feminine or totally masculine but it, it it's not it, it's a hard place to 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 be a to be a force in the world from if you're totally passive or if you're totally aggressive, you negate yourself. So the trick is to figure out how to be both of those things at the same time. Yeah. We've covered a ton of ground, lots of places we could go a lot deeper in, but I'm so glad we touched on all the stuff we touched on. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Come see us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to talk to you. Um, this doesn't have to be a one-way conversation. You know, there's many perspectives, and we can all learn from each other. So um, raise your voice. Reach out to us on one of our social media platforms. And don't forget, if you'd like to donate, you can do that at Buy Me a Coffee forward slash Pan Society. I'm Laura Giles with Rick West for Pan Society. Thank you so much, Rick, for being here today and sharing all of that with us. Thank you. Raise your voice, folks. Raise your voice. That's, that's yeah. critical. <laughs> See you all next week. Take care. Thank you very much.